Time now for the news, presented by Boyd Furniture and Mattress Center in Wayne City, where you get everyday low prices on Serta, Ashley, Catnapper, and Benchcraft Furniture. Early voting in Illinois begins today across the state. I'm Dustin Fuller reporting for WFIW News. Different counties have different procedures on how early voting will work. In Wayne County, early voting takes place at the county clerk's office on the first level of the Wayne County Courthouse between the hours of 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. County Clerk Liz Ann Woodrow says that voter registration can also take place at her office. She also says if you're registering to vote after February 21st, voting will be required to take place in her office. The official election day in the state of Illinois is set for Tuesday, March 19th. For early voting in your local county, for those not in Wayne County, it's recommended that you contact your local county clerk. Wayne County Spelling Bee is set for tonight at 6 at Fairfield City Hall. Top two winners from each Wayne County school are participating the event will be broadcast this evening on 104.9 FM WFIW beginning at 6 p.m. The event will be moderated by Jeff Vaughn. We have a list of all the spellers for this year's spelling bee with this story at WFIWradio.com. The Fairfield FFA alumni will be hosting the annual scholarship fundraiser dinner on Friday, February 16th at Fairfield Community High School in the cafeteria before the FCHS boys basketball game with Carmichael White County. The meal will begin at 5 and includes pork chops and sides. All proceeds will go to the Fairfield FFA Scholarship Fund. The meal is open to the public. Cornerstone Community Church of Fairfield will be hosting the semi-annual homecoming prom dress giveaway. The event will be held on Saturday, February 17th from 8 a.m. until 12 noon in the Fellowship Hall of the Church. There will be hundreds of dresses and shoes to choose from. In addition, there will be bouquets and jewelry available to complete the ensemble. The event is free of charge. Church is also seeking donations of dresses, shoes, and accessories as well. Church is on the corner of 1st and Delaware Streets in Fairfield. If you have any questions or need more information, you can contact Donna Reaver at 618-516-1785. Johnsonville and Mount Erie Schools have announced their kindergarten roundup dates. For Johnsonville, the date is March 11th from 3.30 until 5.30 p.m. And at Mount Erie, the date is March 18th from 3 until 5 p.m. Your child must be five years of age on or before September 1st of 2024. Also, the child will need a certified copy of the birth certificate from the courthouse. Also, security, the social security number of the child Immunization records, eye exam, and verification of lead screening are due by the first day of school. Registration will consist of providing the paperwork that was mentioned and speaking with a kindergarten teacher. School nurse, school nurse will also be available to talk with parents. For more information, you can contact the school office at Johnsonville at 618-673-3044 or at Mount Erie by calling 618 618- 854-2611 to schedule an appointment to register your child. The Wayne City Prom Court has announced has been announced officially. On the court this year include freshman Addison Caldwell, Peyton Dirks, River Tibbs, Anthony Leonardi. Sophomores include Emma Griswold, Elena White, Javen Loker, Dawson Wood. Juniors are McKaylin Gregory, Whitney Lambert, Joel Bean and 
Pierce Brian Sanders, as well as or Pierce Brian make that seniors up for royalty include Cecilia Choate, Alexis Green, Graceland Loker, Aiden Smith, Clara Vaughn, Kobe Anderson, Joey Greenwald, Tanner McNeil, Coney Wynn, Liam Smith, as well. The Wayne City Prom is scheduled for April 6th. The date has been set for the 2024 Edwards County Farmers Share Breakfast. That's been set for March 23rd. Breakfast is being sponsored by the Edwards County Farm Bureau and the Edwards County FFA. It will be held from 6.30 until 9.30 a.m. on the 23rd in the community room at the Edwards County Farm Bureau. Breakfast will feature pancakes, eggs, sausage, and drinks. The cost of the breakfast will be $14 or 14 cents per person. According to Rebecca Perry with the Edwards County Farm Bureau, she says farmers receive just 14.3 cents per every food dollar consumers spend. The purpose of the breakfast is to show consumers how much the farmer actually receives out of every dollar they spend on food. The amount of food a farmer receives from the food dollar has gone down six cents from 2016. Albion Parks District was awarded $3,000 in funds from the Illinois Farm Bureau Rural Development Grant Program. The funds will be used to assist with expenses associated with the second phase of a multi-purpose, multi-phase improvement plan. In 2024, the plans include new playground equipment, including near the softball diamond, updating a set of bathrooms, and building pickleball courts. Edwards County Farm Bureau uses the park for organizational programs and applied for the IFB Rural Development Grant funds to assist the Albion Park in their renovations. The park's long-term plan fits within the general standards for funding community beautification, expanding recreational opportunities, and revitalizing community spirit. The main purpose of the IFB Rural Development Grant Program is to provide funding for investment in projects being implemented in rural communities that will positively impact Farm Bureau members and other residents. Clay County Hospital would like to welcome their new EMS manager, Krista Anthony. Krista comes to the Clay County Hospital from Mississippi, but grew up in eastern Tennessee. Krista has worked in public safety for 15 years, including EMS, fire, hazmat, emergency management, and EMS education. She has a degree in healthcare management with an emphasis in medical ethics. When asked about her goals for Clay County Hospital, she says her goals are to get to know the EMS crews and how to best support them, local residents and their needs, train with and support local first responders, and inspiring passion in our current and future first responders to provide excellent care for the citizens of Clay County and beyond. The Salem Police Department is saddened to announce the passing of retired K-9 officer Freddie. K-9 Freddie served the city of Salem and surrounding areas for nearly seven years, from 2015 to 2022. Throughout his career, K-9 Freddie was an invaluable member of the city's police department. According to officials with the Salem Police Department, he was deployed hundreds if not thousands of times for everything from person tracks, narcotics, and area searches to apprehensions. He also served with loyalty and courage. K-9 Freddy and his handler also conducted numerous demonstrations for local schools and community groups. WFIW News continues in a moment. 
This is Heidi Hodges bringing you the Daily Financial Market Report on behalf of financial advisor Andrew Diesel and Edward Jones. Wednesday, major U.S. indexes finished higher. The Dow closed up 156 points at 38,677. The Nasdaq was up 148 points at 15,757. The S&P 500 was up 41 points at 4,995. And in the bond market, 10-year Treasury yields are trading at 4.12%. In stocks of local interest, Chevron closed down $0.22 to $152.13. Walmart was down $0.43 to $169.38. Duke Energy was up $0.44 to $95.50. Apple was up $0.01 to $189.31. John Deere was down $2.95 to $385.95. ConocoPhillips was up $0.80 to $112.32. And Boeing closed up $3.34 to $211.92. In commodity markets, the price of crude oil was up $0.75 to $74.06. And the spot price of gold was down $0.30 to $2,051.10. This has been today's Financial Market Report, brought to you on behalf of Edward Jones, member SIPC, and financial advisor Andrew Diesel, serving individual investors with personalized attention and financial advice from his office in Fairfield. If you would like additional information, you can contact us at 842-4212. Daily commentary is also located on our website at edwardjones.com. WFIW News continues. A Cook County judge is rejecting a bid to delay the challenge to former President Trump's candidacy in Illinois. Lawyers for Trump filed a motion to halt legal proceedings in Illinois after the U.S. Supreme Court rules whether he is constitutionally eligible to seek re-election. The judge also denied a request by voters seeking to remove Trump's name off of the March Illinois primary ballot for an expedited court schedule. Instead, the judge set a February 16th hearing for an appeal of the Illinois State Board of Elections decision to keep Trump's name on the ballot. Illinois lawmakers are pushing for a statewide child tax credit. A bill introduced yesterday would offer $300 per child starting in 2025 for families who earn less than the median income. If approved, Illinois would become the 14th state to pass a statewide child tax credit. The newest exhibition at the Illinois State Museum is now on view at its Springfield Museum on the Capitol Complex. The Presidential Illinois Exhibition displays significant artifacts highlighting the four U.S. presidents who have called Illinois home. Those presidents include Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, Ronald Reagan, and Barack Obama. Andrew Hensel and Kevin Bessler are standing by with additional state and regional news from the Illinois Radio Network. Reporting for the Illinois Radio Network, I'm Andrew Hensel. Legislation in the Illinois General Assembly would prohibit solar farms from being placed next door to a private residence. Kevin Bessler reports. Currently, commercial solar energy facilities can be located within 50 feet of a home and 150 feet from a multifamily residence but proposed legislation would increase that to 500 feet. State Representative Charlie Meyer says property owners should have a say in where a solar farm is located in their community. They worry about their health. They don't want this right behind their house. 
They don't want it right on the edge of their property line. Counties and, and the voters and the Illinois residents that live there should have the rights to help decide where they're going to be set. The bill was approved and advanced out of the House Energy and Environment Committee. Recently in Bureau County, a zoning committee denied a conditional use permit for the construction of two solar farms, citing concerns over safety and decreasing home values. A group of demonstrators will be allowed outside the Democratic National Convention in Chicago this summer, despite opposition from Democratic officials. The Chicago Sun-Times reports the city failed to respond to a permit application within its own 10-day deadline and now must allow a group called the Poor People's Army to protest at the DNC in August. Police arrested dozens of protesters who blocked the entrance of a weapons manufacturer in Niles Wednesday. The group laid down in the driveway and chanted and held signs accusing Woodward weapons of making bombs used in the Gaza Strip. Police in riot gear arrested 33 protesters who had linked themselves together. The Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity announced seven awards totaling $3.3 million through the Route 66 grant program. The funding is intended to boost local tourism and attract visitors to Route 66, leading up to its 100th anniversary in 2026. Some of the grants will go to the Bloomington Normal area for the installation of murals along the highway. The Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau received funding for the construction and installation of classic neon signs throughout town. This is IRN. Local and area obituaries on WFIW are presented by Nails Funeral Home. Locally owned and operated with locations in Fairfield and Albion. Nails Funeral Home, providing professionalism and care in your family's time of need. Anna Lou Simpson-Taylor passed away on Tuesday, February 6th at Fairfield Memorial Hospital Skilled Care Unit. She was born December 26th of 1929, the 11th of 12 children born to Miles and Lulu Wright Simpson. She married Fred M. Taylor of Jeff on July 25th of 1948. He preceded her in death on April 4th of 2016. Anna Lou survived by five children, including Don and wife Angela Taylor of Point Richmond, California, Norman and Bernie Taylor of Rural Fairfield, Terry and wife Colleen Taylor of Evansville, Indiana, Ken and wife Jayla Taylor of Rural Fairfield, and daughter Gayla and husband Gary Templeman of Fairfield. She's also survived by eight grandchildren, Tara and husband Lenny Hasty as well as David and wife Leslie Taylor, Blake Taylor, Jessica and husband Chad Barbary, Maddie and husband Nick Igloff, Jack Taylor, Carly Taylor, and Chase Taylor. Anna Lou was also survived by five great-grandchildren, Anna Grace Taylor, Paisley Barbary, as well as Emerson Barbary, Nash Barbary, and Xander Hasty. And Lou also survived by brothers Willard and husband Bill Simpson and Robert and husband Bob Simpson. Plus two brothers-in-law, Leela and husband Wayne Smith and Marjorie Simpson and many nieces and nephews. She was preceded in death by her husband, Fred M. Taylor, her parents, Miles and Lulu Simpson, siblings, Ruby Vanway, Bert Simpson, Harold Simpson, Charles Simpson, Orion Pug Simpson, and Mary Rose Johnson, as well as Vern Simpson, Lindy Simpson, and Elias Simpson. Funeral services for Anna Lou Taylor will be held on Saturday at 10 a.m. at Johnson & Vaughn Funeral Home in Fairfield with burial in Maple Hill Cemetery. A visitation will be held on Friday from 5 until 7 at Johnson & Vaughn Funeral Home in Fairfield. 
90-year-old Jan Ann Fulpe of Flora passed away early Monday, February 5th at HSHS St. Anthony Memorial Hospital in Effingham. A funeral ceremony will be held at 1 p.m. Friday at Frank and Bright Funeral Home in Flora. Interment will follow at Neff Cemetery. Visitation will be from 11 a.m. until service time tomorrow at Frank and Bright Funeral Home. 81-year-old Laverne Dale Strange of Fort Wayne, Indiana passed away February 2nd. Funeral services will be at 11 a.m. Friday at Jesus Name Church, located at 3615 New Haven Avenue, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Visitation will be an hour prior to the service and also from 2 until 4 and 6 until 8 this evening at D.O. McComb and Sons Lakeside Park Funeral Home, located at 1140 Lake Avenue in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Burial will be at Greenland Memorial Garden Cemetery. Frank and Bright Funeral Home of Flora provided the information to WFIW about this obituary. 80-year-old Ron Johnson of Mill Shoals passed away at 2.16 a.m. on Saturday at Deaconess Gateway Hospital in Newburgh. Funeral services will be at 1 p.m. tomorrow at Johnson and Bond Funeral Home with burial in Shrewsbury Cemetery in Mill Shoals. Military rights will be provided by the Anthony Wayne Post 176 of the American Legion and Wayne County Post 4535 of the VFW. Visitation will be from 11.30 a.m. until service time tomorrow at the funeral home. Robert R. Ward passed away peacefully at his home surrounded by family on February 4th. Visitation and funeral service are Saturday at Cook Funeral Chapel in Grayville. Visitation is at 10 a.m., the funeral at 12 noon. Burial with military honors will be in Oak Grove Cemetery in Grayville. 90-year-old Eloise J. Carlock of Wayne City passed away at 8.10 p.m. on Sunday, February 4th at her home. Graveside services will be at 2 p.m. today at Maple Hill Cemetery in Fairfield. No visitation will take place and everyone's asked to go directly to the cemetery. Johnson Avon Funeral Home of Fairfield assisting the family with arrangements. 67-year-old Stephen Lee Neal of Norris City passed away on Wednesday, January 24th at St. Vincent Hospital in Evansville. A visitation to celebrate the life of Steve Neal will be held from 10 a.m. until 12 noon Saturday at Campbell Funeral Home in Norris City. A graveside service with internment will immediately follow at IOF Cemetery in Norris City. Helen Jane McGeehee, 92, of Norris City passed away Friday, February 2nd at Deaconess Gateway Hospital in Newburgh. Friends may offer condolences from 10 a.m. until 12 noon today at Campbell Funeral Home in Norris City with a funeral at 12 noon today at Campbell Funeral Home in Norris City. Burial will be in Prospect Cemetery near Broughton. Full obituaries including survivors at WFIWRadio.com. Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you want and what you need. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. It takes a special type of person to inform and entertain, and that's what we do at TOC Direct Media. Inform and entertain. If you think you have what it takes, consider us for your next move. Log on to OriginalCompany.com and give us the reasons we should consider you for one of our openings. It might be just a side hustle for you. Log on to TheOriginalCompany.com, an equal opportunity employer. Part-time, full-time, or side hustle. Want to make a comment or suggestion about this Original Company radio station? Go online to OriginalCompany.com. For comments and suggestions, go online to OriginalCompany.com, an equal opportunity employer. I'm Dustin Fuller with this check of sports on WFIW and WOKZ. 
In boys basketball action, the Sisney Running Lions fell to Weber Wednesday. Final score was 73-64. Sisney with the loss fell to 11-17 on the season. The Running Lions are off until Tuesday when they travel to Waltonville. In girls basketball action, DeCoin defeated Sesterville Waltonville 45-37. South Central Blue passed Christel Rock Lutheran 62-32. And Effingham dropped Richland County 53-22. In junior high volleyball, Wayne City Lady Braves defeated New Hope in both JV and varsity action at Wayne City. Jason Gotch is standing by with additional state and regional sports from the Illinois Radio Network. Illinois Radio Network Sports, I'm Jason Gotch. College basketball last night, Northwestern tops visiting Nebraska 80-68. The Wildcats did lose guard Ty Berry to a leg injury in the first half, but they persevere for the W. Here is Northwestern coach Chris Collins on the victory. This was a good win. Really proud of the guys. Obviously dealt with adversity, foul trouble, Ty going down, and you still found a way to win. Guys stepped up, and uh, we took care of the home floor tonight, which was huge. And the victory snapped a two-game losing streak for Northwestern. Elsewhere, Loyola won at George Mason, 85-79. Illinois State got beat by UIC, 61-56. Evansville dumps Bradley, 73-70. Southern Illinois fell at Drake, 92-88 in overtime. Missouri routed by Texas A&M, 79-60. The Tigers remain winless in the SEC this season. And St. Louis U snaps a six-game losing streak with a 102-84 win at LaSalle. Number 10, Illinois off until Saturday when they play at Michigan State. NBA, the Bulls play in Memphis tonight. The Bulls are 24-27 this season, coming off a home overtime win over the team was back on Tuesday. NFL, there are reports Bears legends Steve McMichael and Devin Hester have been elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The official announcement is later today. Defensive end Julius Peppers, who also played for the Bears in his career, is also headed to the Hall. That's according to reports. Super Bowl prep continues for the 49ers and Chiefs. The two teams square off in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas this coming Sunday. Here's Chiefs star quarterback Patrick Mahomes on embracing the villain role. Not necessarily. I think... Uh... I just like winning. If, if you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. Hockey, the Blackhawks beaten by the visiting Minnesota Wild 2-1 in their first game after the All-Star break last night. Nick Foligno scored the Hawks' goal in that defeat. The Hawks have lost five in a row. Blues off until Saturday when they skate in Buffalo. This is the Illinois Radio Network.